0: Hello and welcome to World Travel Essential, produced by Allmont Global, and brought to you in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide and Sharecare. I'm Richard Barnes. This week, we'll be looking at an innovative new product from Armadeus, which several airlines are picking up on, pay when you fly. And luxury travel guru, Mary Gostelo takes us to the Swiss Alps and Gestadt. But first, to the essentials. Well, 81% of travelers say A heightened risk of cancellation is a barrier to booking travel this year, with refund uncertainty their top concern. Someone who's been looking into this and finding a a pretty good solution is uh, the Amadeus Group. And on the line, I have uh, Bart Tompkins, who's been particularly working on this. Bart, uh, hello and welcome to the
1: show. Uh, Thanks very much, Richard. Good to be here.
0: Tell me firstly, just before anything else, tell me a little bit about your involvement in in um, the the pay as you fly project and and, and what what you're doing with um, with this project.
1: Well we are um, you know fairly active in the payment space, in the travel payment space. Um, and so we're always looking to see new trends, what's happening, and we began to pick up sort of in the last year or so that um, you know with the COVID, when things are extremely fluid, as you can imagine, um, there was a lot of concern from consu- consumers about sort of booking and travelling and would they get their money back and so on. So we we did a study on this, and we came up that figure you just quoted of 81% of travellers. It's one of the main things coming out of this that people, you know, they are. Very nervous, nervous about cancellation fees, about being, about having their money being held to get their money back again, um, and these sort of things. So we did a, a study around this. We are now, it's 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 not so much a technological solution. It's more of an airline um, strategic decision to make. We're just highlighting the fact that there is a a demand within the marketplace for this.
0: Right. How important is the fear of having to cancel a flight for travellers today? We're talking about percentage, but I mean, this is obviously it's still a it still seems to be really holding people back.
1: Yeah, I think it obviously depends a little bit on the different location and things are very fluid and where you are. But there's no question that I mean, this figure of 81 percent came out. um, 62 percent told us this was the study done in May, told us they're more likely to book travel in the summer. Um, if this sort of option was available. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's very understandable, you and I, the same thing. I'm nervous about giving my credit card, paying a lot of money, not so nervous about getting it back. That's a slight concern, but even you know, nervous about when I'll get it back or how I'll get it back. You know, airlines are used to sort of, are not used to sort of major refunds, which happened with COVID. So I think it's been a real drag, and we're still seeing it as being a strong drag on the bookings coming through.
0: Just how does pay-as-you-fly work then?
1: Well, pay-as-you-fly is a um, a concept where rather than pay all the money up front, um, as historically have been done or within a week or so of booking, you pay a small deposit and that seat and that price is guaranteed for you and you pay the balance, say, two weeks before departure. And that means then that the consumer um, has the security of having the the option if you like there. But then knowing that if in the end that the booking can't be confirmed, they will get the deposit back and they're not having a large amount of money being held for them. So this is this is solving the solving two issues for them. It solves the issue of being concerned about having lots of money being held up for a long time and saves concern about getting money back if you can't ultimately fly, but at the same time having your guaranteed seat and things done. So you can go ahead and plan the rest of your holidays based around that.
0: Tell me a little bit about the the rollout of this uh, project. Uh, what airlines are you working with? How's it rolling out time wise?
1: Yeah, um, so we are we are. There's two airlines now, and I, I can't unfortunately give names on, on on air. But there's one large um, German carrier. You can imagine who it could be. Who is already applying this to corporations and saying corporations, you know, you book with us now. We charge you when you fly rather than before. Um, also, very large. UK carrier, um, who's also doing it as a mechanism to persuade people to um, also book not only flights, but also book hotels and cars as well. So one thing we're coming out of this study is the fact that we're seeing that people not only saying they're more likely to book, but they're also more likely to book additional services and increase value services. So rather than just say book a flight, they're saying, okay, well, I'll book a hotel as well through yourselves, or I'll book extra legroom or whatever it could be. Um, so, now we are technically, this is not a technological complication. You know, booking systems can manage this payment very simply. Now, when it can be charged, it's more of a strategic decision for the airlines to make. But we are seeing airlines are talking to us, more and more becoming interested in this and observing it as an option to make it available to their customers.
0: Well, as you know, our uh, listeners, uh, we have a a, a lot of high-end travel advisors, travel agents, also tour operators. Um, How can this help them, uh, when it gets to that stage, how can it help them to, to sell more air travel and, as you mentioned, perhaps more hotel stays?
1: Yeah, I mean the the um, it's the ultimately the airlines have to make it available and decide when and where they're going to make it available. But we're seeing in the case of the large German carrier, they are making it available via travel agents and so on. And the whole thing we're doing here is making you know consciousness an option to increase volumes. And we believe that you know, by making this option to increase volumes, if those volumes are coming through travel agents and tour operators, they benefit from it. Um so it's a it's just purely a matter of we're trying to get people to fly again more and that's in the good interest of everyone in the travel industry.
0: Now before you were talking about a study uh, that was done a little bit earlier in the year um could you tell me a little bit more about the study uh, where it was done how it was done and, and perhaps a little bit more about the findings.
1: Yeah so the um it was done in US, Europe and Asia. Uh, we had a research being done contacting end consumers in these marketplaces to ask their opinions. I would say, by the way, that the results were fairly consistent. There were slight differences um, in priorities between the different markets, but it was, generally speaking, the same feedback we were getting. Um, the, the main thing was, uh, what we said already, is that travelers are very concerned about the, um, the, you know, the, the risk of cancellation or getting their money back. So they all see this as being a huge you know, value add in terms of of making them more likely to travel and to book, and um, we also saw um, again. I mentioned before the fact that they're willing to maybe book more more things, more higher value things, on the basis that they know there's less risk in terms of things going wrong. That go wrong, the the money hasn't gone out, or the bit that has gone out will come back again. Um, and so, it's, generally speaking, they they all see this. The, the The study was showing us that they see this as being a very good thing to make them to encourage them to travel more and they believe you know it would make it in some ways even easier for airlines as well who rather than have to pay refunds just don't collect the money in the end if the flight can't go ahead which unfortunately is still happening less and less these days but still happening as we speak.
0: Now before you were talking about a study uh, that was done a little bit earlier in the year um, could you tell me a little bit more about the study uh, where it was done how it was done and, and perhaps a little bit more about the findings.
1: Well, actually, I would not, I think what has been done before. If you think about it, when you book a hotel, how often are you paying in advance? It's quite normal. When you pay anything in payments, it's actually, the airline industry is the unusual one. When you go to a restaurant, you pay after eating your meal. You get a taxi, you pay when you've, well, not with Uber now, but you pay when you've made the journey. And there was a hotel most of the time, you pay after you've stayed at the hotel. It's really only airlines that have had this, this solution of paying well in advance before you travel. So in fact, it's not a, it's, it's actually more of applying into the airline space what has been happening or what does happen in the rest of the, the travel and generally in the payments industry as a whole. Um, and I would say even for airlines themselves, you know, there's always the issue of cash flow. Um, but in fact, the way I won't get into details here, but the way that payment systems work, the money money's being collected. In fact, in times of COVID with high uncertainty, the banks that collect the money don't necessarily always forward the money to the airline immediately. They may wait themselves until the service is being provided. So in terms of cash flow, the impact on the airline may not be anything like as much as people might automatically assume. And also, I would say it's not a question of every airline in the world everywhere applying this it's a matter of maybe some markets sometimes certain routes where there's a higher risk doing it um, we don't see it as being a one-off big event it's more of a gradual usage being applied in certain situations airlines already are famous for having thousands of fares and fare categories this is if you'd like one more category of how you could travel
0: so it can be as you said a a, a great value add for an airline to to offer if uh, if they're looking to to have a, a kind of a differentiation point
1: yeah i mean we we definitely believe this will increase sales, and that will allow them to differentiate if others aren't doing it in the same routes and so on. And as I mentioned before, the the cash flow impact on them may not be so significant in the end if they are already the banks themselves are holding back funds until people have actually travelled. So, um, you know, we think it's a it's a win all round. It's a win for it's a win for the consumer not having to to worry about getting money back or having, you know. A, refunds to how long it would take to get the money back if they can't fly. We think it's a win for the airlines because they get more people traveling. I mean, it's a win for anybody involved, the travelers, tour operators, who would all be getting more traffic, more business going through, get people on planes again. This we want to see.
0: Absolutely. More bums in seats, as they say, Bart. So thank you. Thank you, Bart Tompkins from Amadeus for, for taking a, a few moments with us today. And I, I really hope this picks up. It sounds, like, it sounds really like a great idea.
1: I hope so, too, and I think it is slowly being adopted, and I think it will continue to be adopted, although not, as I said, in one big go.
0: Thanks again, Bart. Well, now time, as every week, to hear from our luxury travel guru, Mary Gostelo, who this week takes us to the Swiss
2: Alps. Hello, this is Mary Gostelo, and this week I'm talking about Gstaad Palace, high up in Switzerland, owned by the Schertz family, and a very popular palatial hotel, surrounded by nature. History lesson first. In 1913, a school teacher thought that if there were so many palace hotels around Swiss lakes, why not build one here at over a thousand metres above sea level, up in the mountains? He was funded by a China manufacturer and, sure enough, the hotel opened in those days with over 130 rooms. Anyway, along the way, the Schertz family came into it. They were not hoteliers, but they bought the hotel in 1937, and during World War II, a lot of Switzerland's sovereign wealth in the form of blocks of gold was actually hidden in bunkers underneath the hotel. No, it's not there now. The hotel has been run by... The original owner's grandson, Andre Shirts, for the last few years and he's very hands-on. He is always doing new things. There are now 100 rooms and during winter it's a center for for winter sports. There's an indoor and there's an outdoor swimming pool and during winter uh platform over the roof above the indoor pool is lowered every evening and it becomes a dance floor forming a nightclub called Green Go. And then in summer people can get excitement by the hotel's Varlig hut. And this is an original 1786 Alpine authenticity, a wood cabin surrounded by pasture. It's about 20 minutes up from the hotel itself. The hut does have electricity and plumbing and connectivity and masses of rugs for warmth. I went up there for an evening picnic of cold cuts and bowls formed of baked pastry filled with hot vegetable soup and a Ticino red wine. Others stay over. Apparently, one London-based hedge fund flies in regularly by private jet to nearby Sarnan airstrip. And he comes straight here without even visiting the main hotel. Personally, I wouldn't miss staying in the hotel itself. I really like room 609, where the bathroom takes up most of one of the eight floor building's corner turrets. There was just space for a television at the foot of the power jet bathtub but I preferred looking out and down at the alpine scenes. Bathing was indeed somewhat exotic, thanks to red lights in the ceiling above that apparently had somewhat aroused a visiting Hollywood actor who had best remain anonymous. It's actually difficult to sustain invisibility here Gestad is something of a close-knit village, complete with such global brands amongst its stores as De Grisoni for your jewellery and Ralph Lauren for fashion. And being driven back down to the station... All of seven minutes from the hotel in a bright yellow 1952 vintage silver Wraith Rolls-Royce was anything but anonymous. Staying at Gstaad Palace is very special.
0: Thanks, Mary. That just about wraps up this edition of World Travel Essential, produced by Allmont Global and brought to you by Forbes Travel Guide and CareShare. This is Richard Barnes saying thanks for joining me this week. Looking forward to catching you same time again next week.